I want to listen to what she's saying. She knows what she's talking about. She really understands this. She's really effective. I am confident. I am strong. I am compelling. I have so much to offer. That is when you exude your most powerful, most compelling presence, period. Once you know that feeling, that's the feeling that you're trying to come closer and closer to when you speak. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here, and now onto the show. Welcome to the podcast. It is so good to have you listening. If you're new here, hello. My name is Jess or Jessica, and I'm the host of this podcast. I had quite a, not quite a lengthy career, but I had a decently long career in the corporate space, and I had all of these really big, difficult struggles with confidence and with my voice and speaking up and imposter syndrome. I mean, it's a long list. I could go on for a while. And I went through this long journey of finding my voice and working through all of these difficult feelings, feeling small, feeling ashamed, lacking confidence. And I eventually got to a point in my career where I felt like I had grown so much stronger. My voice was stronger. My work was stronger. I was seeing a lot of success in the roles that I was in. I was getting promoted and just things were working out really well. And I was feeling really strong and I was reflecting back on the really hard years of my career when I was really like doubting myself and feeling hesitant and shy and insecure. And I wondered why no one was ever talking about that and why there wasn't much of a dialogue around that experience. And that's why I started this podcast. My thought process was we need to be talking about this. There needs to be a place where you can come and learn professional development, but not in a way that's talking down to you and not in a way that's making you feel like there's something wrong with you if you're not immediately able to be that strong, confident voice in the room, but in a way that helps you understand your journey and who you are and the pace that you're going at and your fears and emotions and struggles are all a really valid part of your growth process as a leader. And that even if it feels really hard for you to feel strong and confident and competent in your role and really secure and solid in your voice, even if that feels like a really big challenge. Number one, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. Number two, it means nothing about your career path or your potential. And number three, possibly one of the most important things is you can become as strong as you want to. And the possibility of you feeling really solid in who you are and feeling strong and amazing and confident in your role and in that meeting room is 100% real. And I know it can feel so hard to believe that when you're struggling. And I know it can feel like you're going to be stuck forever, or you're never going to feel confident, or that meeting is never going to stop feeling awful. But if you are willing to believe in something that you can't yet see, and you're willing to do the courageous work of having a bigger vision for yourself and taking little steps towards it every single day, it is absolutely possible for you. And that is what I do on this podcast. And that is what I'm here to help you with. And 
Today's topic gets me so fired up because this topic, it's just ridiculous. This topic is so, uh, I have so much to say about this. So I talk a lot about executive presence on this show, and we are getting into the topic of loudness and executive presence and whether you need to be loud and forceful and domineering in order to have a powerful executive presence. And I have such strong feelings on this topic because corporate America is several decades behind on this. And in so many places and pockets of corporate America, people still think that like the way to be commanding and strong and compelling in a room is to be super loud, super aggro, and just have this this kind of voice that in my opinion is a little bit off-putting. And so this episode is not only here to debunk that, but to also help you see that if you are soft-spoken, if you're an introvert, if you don't have a voice that's super loud or an energy that takes up tons and tons of space, doesn't mean you can't be very compelling in a room and a super strong communicator. And so that's what today's about. And I'm so excited to dive into it with you. And If you are working on your communication and you want to become a really powerful communicator in the meeting room and you want to go deeper than this episode, grab my free three-part video course, Speak Like a CEO, where I teach you the foundational skills of executive presence. You can grab that in the uh, show notes, or if you just go to justgazetcoaching.com slash free resources, you can sign up. It's um, not a super long course. It's three videos, and it will give you some basic tools that are going to help you stand out in meetings right away when you start doing these things. So I'm really excited. And today we're going even deeper into that topic and talking about this idea of being loud. Now, here's the first thing that I want to share with you on this which feels really obvious in my mind, but I I don't think this is obvious to all of corporate America. Like, this is why I laugh because I can't understand it. But loudness is not a thing that captivates attention or that makes someone a powerful communicator. This idea that you need to be loud and in people's face, that loudness does not equal good communication. And I'm going to prove it to you with the most ridiculous example. But the reason the example is ridiculous is because the belief that you need to be loud to have strong executive presence is ridiculous. Like, I feel like it should be a joke, but it's not a joke because I've been told I need to be louder. I've been told I need to be more like this when I speak. And I'm not the only one who's experiencing that. Now, I thought that because I experienced it almost a decade ago, that maybe it would have faded out of work cultures by now, but that is not always the case. And that is why I need to record this episode. So I'm going to walk you through an imaginary scenario to help (laughs) make a really important point on why loudness is the most ridiculous thing ever. And before I do that, I want to establish what it means to have strong executive presence. And for purposes of this episode, what it means is that when you speak, it's very effective for your audience. They trust you. They want to listen to you. They're buying what you're saying. And this is so important, right? Because when you have that kind of presence and impact when you speak, people think of you as a leader. They think of you as a high performer. 
the way that they think about you in their mind and the reputation that you built becomes very, very strong as a result of your ability to communicate in that way. So I think of executive presence as all of the, it's like the vibe and the energy that you exude when you communicate, which impacts how people take in what you are saying. And the goal is to be captivating, and the goal is to be seen as authoritative, and the goal is to be someone that when you speak, people want to place their attention on you. They want to listen to what you're saying. So... On to the imaginary scenario. I want you to imagine that you have an afternoon free, you have nothing to do, and you decide to grab some of your friends and go to the movies. And you do this on a whim, so you don't even know what movie you're going to see. And let's just let's just take ourselves to pre-COVID times. Let's take ourselves to a happier place. If we're if we're imagining anyway, we might as well imagine that we're back in this beautiful pre-pandemic world that we lived in. So you're at the movies, no mask. We don't even know what a pandemic is because it hasn't happened to us yet. And you call up your friends. You get in the car, you head over to the movie theater, you enter the theater, the smell of popcorn is wafting, you can hear people pouring big sodas out of the soda fountain, and you look up and you see all of the posters for the movies that are playing and all of the different movie times, and you're standing there with your friends and you all have this beautiful free afternoon and you all get to decide, okay, what movie are we going to see? And let's just say, to simplify this example, let's just say that your friends ask you to choose and you get to decide. So you have all of these different movies that you can see. How do you make your decision? And I want you to think about this. If you're going to the movies, how do you make the decision of which movie is going to get your 20 bucks for the ticket and which movie is going to get two hours of your time and attention, right? Time, attention, money, these are things that we get to decide where we put. And when you're choosing what movie to watch, you're deciding which one deserves your time and attention. So how do you choose? Here's how no one ever, 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 ever chooses what movie they are going to watch. Said no one ever. I would like to spend my two hours watching the loudest movie. Movie person at the movie theater, can you tell me which of these movies has the loudest volume and the most aggressive dialogue? Because that's the one that I'm going to see. Said no one ever, right? Now, this is a silly example. This is a ridiculous example. But what movie do we choose that we want to see? We choose the movie that's going to be the most interesting to us, that's going to hold our attention, right? That that we anticipate that when the movie starts playing, we're going to want to keep watching. We don't choose movies based on the volume. <laughs> and I know that this is silly, at least it feels silly to me. But I really want to boil this down to the idea that volume and loudness does not captivate our attention. What captivates our attention is how interested we are in what we are consuming, how interesting and captivating it is to us. And volume, as long as we can hear it, and it's a comfortable volume, has nothing to do with how excited we are about the movie, right? Zero to do with it. So to me, then, it's very odd to say 
that if you want to be a compelling speaker and you want to be someone who when you speak, people want to listen, you have a powerful presence, you're seen as a strong communicator with solid executive presence. To me, (laughs) it doesn't make sense that in order to attain that, you'd want to be the loudest, most domineering person in the room. Because we know as humans, when we are choosing things to listen to and watch and consume, and when we find the things, the communication that has impact and really lands with us, it's not because (laughs) of how loud it was, right? It's because of how we experienced it on so many levels that are so much more subtle and nuanced than loudness and aggression, right? If loudness and aggression were how how you (laughs) be powerful and captivate attention, then for my podcast, I could just come on here and scream (laughs) and be aggro and crazy. And my show should just become super popular, right? Because I'm so compelling. And listen, I'm exaggerating a little bit, right? Like I'm a little bit going to banana town on this example. But there is a truth here, right? There is a kernel of truth in all of this, which is that (laughs) some pockets of corporate America are a little bit confused about what constitutes powerful communication and what makes someone a strong presence. And I think we can agree for sure that when we're choosing a book, we don't choose the book that's written in all screaming capital letters. When we're choosing a movie, we don't choose a movie that's playing the loudest, right? Similarly, when we're in a room full of people and we're thinking, who do I want to hear from in this room? Who's interesting? Who has strong presence? Most of us aren't thinking, oh, I want to hear from the loudest, most intense, domineering person in this room. Now, of course, there are some environments that reward that loudness and some environments where that is a communication style that is encouraged. But here's what I will say. When you become a really strong communicator and your content is compelling, and you know how to deliver your information in a way that lands with executives, even if you're in a culture that's still a little confused and thinks you need to be loud, you can still develop a very powerful reputation for having a strong executive presence because you're going to be doing the things that are truly effective. So even in an environment that values like loudness and taking up all of that space, you still don't even need loudness to win those audiences over if your communication skills are top notch. Now, there's so much I could tell you around executive communication, how to captivate your audience, how to be a super compelling speaker. And I've got tons of that on the podcast and more of that on the way because it's one of my favorite topics. But for today, what I specifically want to talk about is where your power to captivate comes from. If it doesn't come from loudness, if it's not from turning up the volume, where does that magnetism come from? Like, where does that inner power come from? That feeling that people get when they listen to you. I want to listen to what she's saying. She knows what she's talking about. She really understands this. She's really effective. What is it that you do that helps people have that feeling? What is it that you do that makes your presence really, really strong? And now there are a few different things, but in today's episode, I'm zooming in on the concept that I believe to be one of the most important, the most impactful things that doesn't get talked about and that I think is really misunderstood. And so for me, to explain this for myself, I have a concept called more versus louder. More versus louder. So louder, I think we all know what that is, right? Louder means raise your volume. It means be 
extremely direct, maybe in a way that doesn't even feel like the natural way that you communicate. It means to interrupt people and take up a lot of space in the room. It means to have a deeper voice and more of what we think about as like a masculine presence, right? That's like what loud is. And then I have this concept of more. And when I think of more, I'm only thinking of one thing, and that is more of you. Every single human, no matter whether you're introverted, no matter whether you're quiet, no matter whether you are naturally a speaker who takes up a lot of space or not, doesn't matter. Every single human has a personality, has traits about them that make them very compelling, and has a natural, authentic version of them. And when they speak as that version, and they're speaking as that authentic version of who they are, that is when you exude your most powerful, most compelling presence, period. And for so many women, especially women who are soft-spoken and women who are not extroverts and women who are maybe more on the in like internal processors, more on the sensitive side, especially for those women, maybe that's you, your most natural way of being and communicating isn't super big and loud. And that's not what is important. What is important when you're communicating is not that you're trying to be louder and louder, but that you try to be more and more of you, more of your personality, more of your honest thoughts, more dialoguing in the way that you dialogue when you're not pretending to be anything except who you are. Whatever natural voice you have is not only enough, it is where your most compelling presence will come from. Any kind of like fakery or mask or thinking you need to be louder is going to dilute your power. It is not going to make you more powerful. It might be like a little bit surface level maybe, but in the long term, you learning to speak more and more like you is where your executive presence is going to come from. And it is the only sustainable source of executive presence. Because if the only way that you can have presence is to talk as someone who's not you, you're going to get so exhausted, right? And you're not going to impact your audience as much. But when you create your presence based on you and your main goal is just how do I be more of me? How do I relax more? How do I be more of the me that I am when I feel open and spacious and safe in the spaces that I'm in? How do I show more of my personality? How do I let people see the real me? When you focus on that, you become so much more compelling to your audience. And the beautiful thing is speaking stops feeling so stressful and draining and heavy Because instead of you having to go in and be a weirdo who talks louder than you prefer to talk, you go in and you talk as you. I see this struggle come to life a lot, especially with women who are moving up into a more senior role or a leadership role, management role, executive role, especially if it's their first time being in that role or they're making like a pretty big jump upwards. They think in their heads that they need to start being like louder. And sometimes they think they need to be meaner, like that they need to be meaner and louder to prove themselves and succeed in the role. And it is so fun for me to watch when they realize that that's not true. And they realize they get to lead as who they are. 
Now, of course, in order for you to be effective when you communicate, you need to be using structure, you need to speak with clarity, you need to know how to organize your thoughts and your content in order to hold your audience's attention. These are things that are going to make you so powerful and are going to make people really fall in love with your work. But for that X factor, that special factor, that presence factor, like that factor that so many women are often told, oh, like you need to be stronger in this room. That doesn't come from you internally feeling like, well, I have a quiet voice and I'm not confident, so I suck, and therefore I need to go into these meetings hiding that and covering up the real me who sucks and being this other fake person and fake voice who doesn't suck. It comes from the exact opposite of that. It comes from saying, oh, I'm amazing. I am confident. I am strong. I am compelling. I have so much to offer. But sometimes when I go into a meeting room, I get nervous and I lose myself and there isn't quite enough space for me and freedom for me to bring out all of those beautiful qualities when I speak. How can I get better at bringing those things out? How can I get better at taking the parts of me that are already compelling and already interesting and that already know how to speak to the people in this room? How can I help her speak, right? How can I help the true me speak? When you focus on that, rather than focusing on all the ways that you need to change or sound different or be louder or talk like some other leader that you think you need to talk like, your confidence will grow so much because it will come from you knowing that your personality and the natural things that make your communication what it is are the most compelling things about you. Now, here's the thing about this. I feel like a little bit weird recording this episode and almost like I wish I could tell you the formula for authenticity because damn, wouldn't it be good if there were like 10 steps to talk as you? But the tricky thing here, or not tricky, I'd say the interesting thing here is authenticity and speaking as you is not an intellectual exercise, right? So an intellectual exercise is something where you can use your brain to problem solve how to do it. So an example of like something that's more intellectual would be if I was helping you speak with more structure or helping you streamline the words that you use to speak. That's where we can like use our analytical minds and I can tell you like here's here's how you do it, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. It's a very intellectual process. Speaking as you and finding your authentic voice and unpeeling the layers of masks to reveal who you really are, that is not an intellectual process. That is a felt sense inside. It is a feeling inside of strengthening that neural pathway, that part within you that recognizes, oh, this is what it feels like in my body when I'm just speaking as me. This is what I feel like inside when I'm showing up as her. This is how my voice sounds when I'm showing up as her. And once you know that feeling, that's the feeling that you're trying to come closer and closer to when you speak. And the good news here is that there are ways for you to identify that feeling and really understand that feeling and come closer to that feeling so that you know what it is you're aiming for. 
So I want you to think about the places and contexts and situations in your life where you feel most you, where you feel the most relaxed and the most comfortable. And I really want you to start to pay attention and notice when you're speaking in those situations, what does your voice sound like? How often do you contribute to the conversation? What kind of things do you say? How does it feel inside your body? What is the sensation that you experience internally? Try to feel it. Try to describe what it's like. A really beautiful way to help you feel this is to think of a topic that you are obsessed with, that you feel like you could talk about all day long that makes you so excited. We all have these topics, right? For me, cats is definitely one of them. Food is definitely one of them. We all have things that we get very excited about, right? I really want you not just to imagine what it's like to talk about that thing, but next time you talk about it, notice what feelings and impulses are running through your body. Notice how your voice sounds and how you speak. That is what you're aiming for. That is where your power is. That is how you get to the most compelling version of you. That is where you find your executive presence. Now, it doesn't mean that we are the exact same person, whether we're in a work meeting or whether we're talking about cats, right? So I'm not saying that like, If I was having a conversation with cats, with my best friend, that I would be speaking in the same exact way I would as if I was sharing something with a group of executives. I wouldn't speak in the same exact way. However, that kernel of me that is all lit up and bubbly and sparkly when I'm talking about cats, because cats are the best, that part of me is coming with me to the meeting. And she's in me and I'm speaking for as her. And I might be more structured. I might be more thoughtful in how I'm speaking. But that energy, that vitality is coming with me. And that is what compels people. So the good news for you is that you don't need to worry about getting louder. I mean, like, look, if you want to take that route, you can. There's, It's not immoral. It's not unethical. But I hated it. I hated trying to speak as some rando weirdo who I'm not, right? I just was determined to find my voice because I wanted work and being in meetings and being in a room to feel good. I didn't want it to feel like this horrible, awful thing. And I was convinced that it didn't have to be that way. And listen, uh, this is coming from someone who I got so much critical feedback on my voice. I think we all have different voices and corporate America is more accepting or more rejecting of certain kinds of voices and sounds in our voices and all, all kinds of things. And I received what to me felt like a lot of attention, negative attention and criticism and feedback on the sound of my voice. A lot of feedback on Valley Girl and Vocal Fry and Uptick and and a lot of the things that I received feedback on, they were just my authentic voice. Like that's just how I talk. And for me to stop speaking in some of the ways that I naturally speak 
feels really, really bad. And it feels like I'm losing a part of myself, a really key part of my personality. And I was able to still navigate and still find a voice that was authentic to me and that was also really effective in a room. And I know it's different for everyone, right? And I know that, you know, sometimes there's really harsh and unfair criticism of our voices. But for you to build power in your voice in the long run to feel powerful and to create the executive presence that has the highest possible impact, that is going to come from you being you. And in order to learn how to be you, you have to connect with the feeling. You have to remember how it feels and know how it feels and try to bring that feeling with you into those rooms. And learning to feel a feeling inside and speak from that place is such a powerful skill. I could probably do a whole separate episode on that topic. When you speak, you can either just be speaking default or you can be intentionally trying to speak as you, right? Or trying to speak with strength and genuine confidence. And what a lot of people don't realize, but what what I'm hyper aware of because I've done theater and spent so much time learning my voice and my body is that you have so much command over that and you get to play with that and explore that and you get to go into a meeting deciding, here's what I'm going to be playing with in this meeting. Here's what I'm going to be trying to do more of with my voice and my body when I speak. And not only is that really, really fun, but it's really empowering when you learn how to enter a room and not just speak as you but how to speak as a very strong, bold, badass, authentic version of you. That feeling is one of the best feelings. And it is possible for you, no matter what your starting point is, and no matter how difficult or challenging or nerve wracking work meetings might be. I feel so strongly about this because I feel like there's so much bad guidance out there where women are being guided to speak in a way that culturally maybe leadership at a certain company thinks is the best way to speak, but it's not compelling. It's not interesting. There's a much more interesting version of you that people are missing out on. So that brings us to the end of today's episode, and I'm so glad that you're here. If you want to go deeper into finding your voice and you want to work with me directly on finding that confident, authentic voice and finding a presence that feels really good for you. This is so closely tied to the work that I do both in my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy, and in my one-on-one coaching work. So my group program, The Art of Speaking Up Academy, is currently closed for enrollment right now. But if you want to be the first to find out when it opens, you can add yourself to the waitlist by going to justgazetcoaching.com slash academy. And this is where you learn the toolkit both for finding confidence and becoming a super authentic and effective communicator at work. No matter your starting point, no perfection required. One of my specialties and one of my gifts is supporting women who are going through what I was going through in the earlier years of my career, which is really struggling with your voice and struggling with confidence. I understand that feeling and the approach that I take in my work and in my coaching and in the Art of Speaking Up Academy is a slow, sustainable, doable growth. 
So that is the Art of Speaking Up Academy, and you can add yourself to the wait list at jessgazetcoaching.com slash academy, and I'll drop it in the links below. And if you prefer to work with me one-on-one to help find that authentic voice and build the confidence that you're going to need to really show up with all of the talents you have and to pave a super powerful career path, you can head over to jessgazetcoaching.com slash coaching and apply to work with me one-on-one. It is so good to have you listening. It is so good to be at the microphone recording. Oh, and also don't forget about my free video course, which I'll drop below if you want to take that executive presence course, Speak Like a CEO. Thank you for being here. If you take one thing away from this episode, please just take away that authenticity is more powerful than loudness. It's not about being louder. It's about being more. And when I say more, I mean more of you and more of what feels like the natural, most authentic, most genuine version of who you are and what your voice sounds like when you feel like you're being 100% you. That is the most powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have such a beautiful week and I will catch you in the next episode. Bye.